Hello and welcome back or welcome to the Riley Breakfield Show. I am your host, the one, the only Riley Breakfield, also known as Titties on the Streets. So my homies call me. You can find me on Twitter under that name. Um, you can find me on Instagram, TikTok as well, Riley Breakfield. Um, be sure to go follow those accounts if you ever want to you know, stay up to date what I'm posting, see what's going on, see what my thoughts and opinions are. Sometimes I post about my life, sometimes I don't. Who knows? But first of all, don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Um, if you're a first-time listener, this show is mostly about college sports, sports in general. Sometimes I dabble into politics. Sometimes I try to catch a pedophile. Got a little bit of politics today. Today's show is going to be uh, Final Four days, both men and women. We're going to do a little bit of talking about both. Um, going to get a little political, talk a little gun reform, talk a little bit about the TikTok ban, um, stuff like that. we my top five, you know, all that jazz. We'll start off with some news here um, to get the show started. Uh, I feel like this might be a little bit of a shorter show. But we'll see. I am stuttering like a motherfucker right out the gate. I got to stutter. I just, I know I haven't been medically diagnosed, but I know that I have one because my brain works a thousand miles a minute and my mouth doesn't work worth the shit. So let's go. Starting off with the news, Lamar Jackson um, came out and did a Twitter thread yesterday, I believe, or it was Tuesday. I'm basically saying that he had asked for a trade on March 2nd. Ravens, you know, obviously haven't granted him that. He's looking to go elsewhere. It doesn't seem like the Ravens are really willing to work with him, which just to me doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, he's a generational quarterback. I know he's been hurt the past two years, but at the same time, you know, there's not a lot of top 10 guys. And I think Lamar is definitely one of those top 10 guys. He can, you know, he, he's not the best in my opinion at throwing the ball, but he still does make the smart decisions. He still does make the right reads. The guy's a proven winner. You know, his ability to run and pass the ball, I think really should set him apart. And the fact that no one's willing to even take the chance on him, you know, all these franchises who have had horrible quarterback luck and Lamar is basically just sitting there, for the plucking, you think about the commanders, the Colts, you know, even the Lions. I, you know, I do like Jared Goff there for the Lions, but I mean, it's still shocking that no one's taking a chance on him. But there's so many sh- suitors for Deshaun Watson, and you know, after his whole being a sexual predator and stuff, and so many teams were willing to give him an opportunity, but it's not being for Lamar. Like injuries versus um, sexual predator. Apparently, injuries outweigh that one, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But, you know, I'm hoping that Lamar finds a home. I'm hoping that he just goes out of Baltimore. I just think that he deserves better. I think he deserves to get paid. And the fact that no one is willing to pay him is just baffling to me. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense in the long run. I, I don't understand why the Ravens haven't even tried. I mean, they're not building a roster around him. They're basically building a roster that's there. I mean, I mean, the Ravens have had a good defense for so, so long now. But their offense has kind of always been the problem. And, you know, they got lucky and won that Super Bowl back in 2011, you know. And then same back in 2000, you know, they had enough offense to get by and the defenses were just great. Kind of in the same situation now, the defense is unreal. I mean, one of the better ones in the league, but still offenses just doesn't have that consistency. They don't really have the weapons for Lamar to work with. I mean, that's a big part that you have to have solid guys around you in order to make big plays. That's just point blank period how it has to be. So, but whatever. Big college basketball news. Um, Caleb Love is entering the transfer portal. RJ Davis and Armando Bacal obviously said that they're coming back, but Caleb Love looking to go elsewhere. Mostly, it seems like, you know, the North Carolina fans kind of were assholes to him this year after not making the tournament, which I think is stupid. Um, I think that, you know, Caleb, Caleb Love, RJ Davis, and Armando Bacal have done a lot for that program. I mean, the fact that um, Armando's coming back for a fifth year really shows that they want to win. Um, so it's just sad to see. Caleb Lee because of the fans basically very curious as to where he is going to go um, could be anywhere really who, who knows you know I mean there's so many teams that are probably willing to take him on he, he does have unreal scoring ability 
Um, there's rumors that he might come down here to LSU. That would be kind of cool. I'd love to go watch him play a game next year. So, just hoping for, for the best for him, you know, in the long run. Rodney Terry had been interim head coach for uh, Texas for quite some since, you know, Chris Beard stuff. Um, finally, at the, after they lost on Sunday, he got that contract extension. He's now going to be there for five years, it looks like. So, pretty exciting for him. I think he deserves the job, though. He does have long road ahead of him, but, you know, the transfer portal, it's not that hard to accomplish a lot or have a quick turnaround. That team was filled with a lot of fifth-year seniors, so they're going to have to replace quite a few guys. I definitely think Texas is a desirable destination, though, so I think that they shouldn't be hurt too bad. I just don't expect the same type of year from them as they had this year. I mean, under the first year as an internet coach, you know, to take a team to a Big 12 title and to the lead eight, you know, even though it wasn't the guys he recruited, he still stepped up and got the job done. Tons of talent on that team, so excited for him, excited to see what the future can hold. Um, you know, it's not his first time being a head coach either. He was a head coach at Fresno State as well as UTEP, so definitely has that experience. So definitely he's not going to be brand new at all. You know, he that's what helped them this year is he had that experience. You know, he's a proven head coach, so just excited to see what he can do going forward. Actor Jonathan Majors was arrested over the weekend for a strangulation and assault of a woman. Um, don't know too many more details. Kind of got buried in the news cycle over this past week, uh, so... But this horrible situation, hopefully, you know, he gets his shit figured out. You know, I'm just tired of seeing this man. So many actors and athletes that are constantly caught up in domestic violence cases. And, you know, I don't understand it. You know, there's no there's no reason to resort to violence when it comes to anything. You don't need to beat up somebody. You don't need to beat up a woman. You don't need to beat up your significant other, especially. So it's just a sad, sad deal. Hopefully he gets his shit figured out. He gets the help that he needs because it's obviously something serious is going on there. Kanye West um, reportedly does not hate Jews anymore after watching 21 Jump Street and seeing Jonah Hill's performance. So it's a good sign, I guess. Who knows? Maybe they need to show that movie to Kyrie Irving as well so that he won't hate Jews as much either. Speaking of that, I got the Maverick Sixers game coming up soon. You know, they're talking about who could don Sixers or Kyrie Irving, who's to blame for the Mavericks failures. It's obviously Kyrie Irving because they weren't doing that bad until he got there. Kyrie just destroys, just destroys teams. That's just what he does. Owner of a COVID testing company was uh, indicted for allegedly frauding the government out of, what is it, $83 million in COVID tests. So, once again, COVID was a scam. Though everyone should have known that if you didn't know that. You're crazy. The people that are still believing that COVID is real should probably get a life and move on to something bigger and better. Maybe, I don't know. It's just COVID was never real. I never even got it. So, I mean, you know, whatever. I'll knock on wood for that one. 400 gallons of radioactive um, water was released in Minnesota in a nuclear plant. Uh, this was happened back in November, but it wasn't recently reported till um, this month. So just another weird thing that's going on. You know, I mean, there's constantly something in the news cycle that seems to get buried. That's just another thing. So stay on TikTok so you can see that kind of information. It's the only place you ever find out shit anymore. It seems like we'll talk about that in a sec. But let's move on. Um, first, first. First and foremost, I want to say my thoughts and prayers, you know, are out to the families affected by Nashville, Nashville as a community. Um, obviously, earlier this week, if you didn't already know, there was a, a shooting at a Christian school um, by a transgender woman, man. I don't know what you want to call her. I'm just going to call her a woman. I don't really care about gender identity. I don't think that she deserves uh, to be labeled correctly, whether she wanted that or not. I think she deserves to be mislabeled because um, there's no room for violence, no matter what you're going through in life. There's absolutely zero reason to kill innocent children. Um, you know, it's reported that she um, premeditated this attack. She obviously was a student at this school, which she knew what she was doing. And, you know, the people that are trying to say, you know, this 
she deserves it or you know she she's the victim here because she went to school there she probably suffered from bullying stuff like that first and foremost i got to say to that then why didn't she kill her parents her parents were the first ones you know that put her in that school that raised her to be a christian and she decides to go take out innocent lives that's disgusting i mean there's there's no room for that in this world and that's that's the biggest problem is everyone's going to sit here and scream like it's guns it's guns it's guns it's not guns. I don't own any guns myself, but I have no problem with guns. I, I believe that we as Americans deserve to have the right to bear arms, to protect us from our government, to protect us from situations like this. But at the same time, nothing gets changed in our government system. One side wants to sit here and scream, you know, we need gun reform, gun reform, gun reform. What are you going to do? Only like 40% of gun sales are through actual legit sellers. In that, in that case, you have to get a background check. But through private sellers, there's no... There's no reason for a background check. There's all these things. There's this black market that exists. You're never going to fully get rid of guns. And if you're going to sit here and scream guns, you need to come to terms with the fact that you will never get rid of guns. And getting rid of guns is probably the stupidest thing I could do as a country. It allows for criminals to be worse. It allows for stuff more like stuff like this to happen. Guns are just like drugs. If you want it, you're going to find a way to get it. Point blank period. You can't really do anything about it. They're, they're always going to be around here. I mean, how many shootings, just regular gang violence happens throughout the United States, the regular shootings that just happen for no reason. It just sucks that it's, it just so happens to happen to kids all the time. And it's fucking disgusting. It's awful. I mean, it really comes down to mental health in America, in my opinion. I mean, we live in this country where everyone is so caught up in who you are as a person, who, what your gender identity is, all these stupid things that really don't matter because at the end of the day, if you care about another person and who they are, you're, you're stupid. Just worry about yourself. Worry about your own life. All this other stuff doesn't affect us, right? Only thing that matters is you and your family. So the transgenders that want to sit here and scream, care about us, care about us. You know, if you don't, if you don't stand up and do something for us, we're going to come after you and kill you. Like the multiple posts I've seen on Twitter and TikTok and stuff like that. It's fucking disgusting. There is no room for more violence in this world. You don't, you don't need to push your agenda on people. There are people who can be on one side and not give a fuck about it. On the other side, you can care all about it all you want. But we don't need to fight about it because at the end of the day, who fucking cares? It has no, there's no room for it. Just worry about yourself. Worry about the people you love and just do you. No one cares if you want to cut your dick off. No one cares if you want to turn your pussy into a dick. Get over it. Like It's, it's really that simple. I mean, and to me, I don't think we can ever change the gun laws. I don't want the gun laws changed. It's very simple. There's millions and millions of veterans who come home from war that pass PTSD checks that could easily protect our schools. You just need one or two at each door or one or two throughout each school. It's not that hard. Thousands, millions of them would love to do that. That was a way to get back to their country. They'd do it for free. But our fucking government's too lazy to, to even put something like that in motion. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. It's, it's just stuff like this should not continue to happen. And to me, it comes down to mental health. There needs to be more of an extensive mental health check when you're buying a gun. You need to sit down with the therapist at least three times for them to judge if you are, in my opinion, worthy of owning a gun, what your intentions are of owning a gun, because you're never going to get rid of them. And we as a country need to come to the acceptance of that. They're not going away. Most people have them. Get over it. Like It's not, it's not going to change, but something else can change. Better mental health checks. Veterans in schools to protect our kids. Former police officers, make it a make it a paid position. Like it's really not that difficult, in my opinion, to come up to, with a solution. But at the end of the day, it's just good versus evil. No matter what you do, if guns were banned, she would have loaded herself up with a suicide vest and done something that way. 
If she wanted to kill innocent children, she would have done that. But in, but that's what she did. There's no way around it. She would have found a way to do it no matter what. I'm very interested to see what this manifesto is about. I'm sure it's going to get buried buried somewhere in the media, you know, because she is a transgender. So, stupid. It's unfair. It's disgusting. She got what she deserved. Good versus evil. That's all it is. Now to the big other news cycle that's uh, going on throughout the country. TikTok. TikTok is reportedly, there's a bill introduced that would ban TikTok. Um, but also, it's very invasive into our personal privacy. They would have access to any home cameras. Pretty much any time we log into any network, this bill can be signed by any sitting president and not get, what is the word, not get blocked by the Congress or anything like that. So it basically is an invasion of privacy. And then, you know, when you kind of dig more into it, um, Facebook and Instagram and Meta as a whole have really been lobbying for D.C. to get this bill passed, um, which to me is weird because that almost is creating a monopoly on the real system that Instagram and TikTok have. You know, TikTok, I, I personally love TikTok. It's TikTok and Twitter are my two favorite apps because I feel like I actually get genuine information about stuff and I don't have to. It's not fake. Instagram is fake. I mean, they, do, they only pay the creators that they want to pay. And that's part of the problem is TikTok pays people that are actually producing content that us people want to see. Instagram doesn't do that. So then in turn, you know, banning, banning TikTok would give Instagram basically model to push whatever kind of content content they want facebook to push any type of content that they want which in my opinion that's a monopoly because the definition of a monopoly is getting it and what is the correct terms here is illegally obtained in exclusionary or predatory acts if if meta and mark zuckerberg's piece of shit ass are actually lobbying for this bill to pass then isn't that technically them gaining a monopoly on the market i mean i'm pretty fucking stupid but that makes that makes sense to me I find it weird. I find it odd. I don't think that TikTok should be banned. I feel like that's probably really one of the only places you actually see legit news. You actually see stuff that's going on in the world. That's where I find out a lot of the stuff I talk about on the show is because nowhere else pushes content like TikTok. It's curated to what you want to talk about. It's curated to what you want to see. And then you have Congress sitting here asking the CEO of TikTok all these stupid questions about dancing kids on TikTok. It's like, I don't think I've ever seen one of those on TikTok. I don't think I've ever seen someone under the age of 20 dancing on TikTok. But for some reason, you guys get that, you know, and then they're sitting there talking about facial recognition. Any phone nowadays uses facial recognition. Like what? And they connect to your home Wi-Fi. That was the dumbest comment I've ever heard in my entire life. Like how stupid are you? We have a bunch of out of touch people trying to ban something that it's basically just trying to destroy free speech in my opinion. Because TikTok, you actually get genuine information from it. You can actually hear about what's going on in the news cycle, not stuff that's getting buried. You get genuine information. You don't get that on Instagram. You don't get that on Facebook. I personally have already deleted Facebook. If this ban um, happens, I'm going to be getting rid of Instagram because I don't want to be giving any type of money or profit to those two. I don't have any paid subscription or anything like that. But personally, I don't think that they deserve to stand alone. That's unfair. That's a monopoly in my opinion. And then when you dive even more into the, the congressmen and women that are sitting on this panel, they're all invested in Meta. They all have a huge investment in Meta. So if it was the bill was to pass, they're going to get a huge financial gain. So in my opinion, if you're somebody that doesn't know about this, if that ban happens, I think that you should get rid of Instagram and TikTok. We should delete those apps as a whole so that the market completely crashes on them so that 
the senators and Congress people that are actually invested in that company, they lose money because I think it's a disgusting act that they're doing. I think they're using their power to their advantage. Zuckerberg's trying to create a mark, uh, monopoly on the market. It's just another thing, man. We're always going to be fighting our government until people actually decide to wake up and realize that it's it's us against them and that they're not here to help us. I mean, these people have been in office for so many years. It's time for something new. It's time for a change in this country. It's time for people. I don't even have a voice, but I'm sitting here trying to make one because I want to see something change because I'm going to be I'm only, tw- I'm only 24 on Saturday. I would like to see something change throughout my lifetime. I'd like to be able to trust that I can bring kids into this world and not have them have to grow up in tyrannical government, which is... At this point, the only way it seems that we're going, but that's why we have the Second Amendment to protect us from our government. It's just dumb. They're out of touch. Shouldn't happen. And if it does happen, it just shows how corrupt our government really is. That's just my opinion. That's just my thoughts. <coughs> oh, one last thing to add to that as well. The Twitter files. Like, because if Instagram has pretty much all the rights to reels and they can push the content they want, the Twitter files basically exposed, um, you know, the, the government, the left, the right, were pushing, they were trying to put their paint off so they can push their agenda so stuff can be deleted. If we only have Instagram as the only place to get genuine information, even though the app sucks, it's just stupid. It's point blank stupid. Moving on, though, my top five. My top five best final fours. Number one, 2009, North Carolina beat Michigan State. That was the first national championship that I can remember. Well, not remember, but the first one that I genuinely cared about. I've always been a North Carolina basketball fan. So for me, that was just an unreal game. I loved Tyler Hensbrook, Craig Lawson, Wayne Ellington. And they're going up against Draymond Green and Tom Izzo. Um, that was a pretty, it was just, that's probably my number one because it was the first national title that I remember as a North Carolina fan that I genuinely got to enjoy. I remember watching that at my grandparents' house. I was absolutely juiced. I even got myself a Tyler Hansbrough jersey, I think, that year for Christmas prior to the national championship. You remember that that time when he got his nose all bloody at the Duke game? That literally kind of happened to me one time at school. I was I sneezed, and I got a bloody nose at the same time, and it went all over my jersey. I, I worked to school, obviously, so I felt like pretty badass. I was like, I wish that you know technology, I wish I would have an iPhone back then so I could have a picture of me basically looking like Tyler Hansbrough. I think that would be pretty cool. Right, number two has to be the 2017 North Carolina over Gonzaga. That was just probably, you know, one of my favorite final fours, North Carolina looking for a shot at redemption. Um, with that un- that super unreal talented team, I love Joel Berry. He was a stud point guard. Kennedy Meeks, I love Kennedy Meeks. The North Carolina just out-rebounded the fuck out of everyone that year. I also liked it, though, because I've also been a Gonzaga fan for most of my life. And, you know, I lived in Spokane for a couple of years when I was younger. So I've always really liked and respected Gonzaga. So that was fun for me. I was like, either way, it's a win-win two teams that I really like. Um, but that has to be my number two. My number three is the the Kansas over Memphis. That was just a really fun Final Four. You know, Memphis and UCLA, tons of talent in that game. You had Kevin Love on one side and Russell Westbrook, Derek Rose for Memphis, obviously. And then Kansas, North Carolina played. You know, that was Tyler Hensbro, Ty Lawson, all those guys still. Kansas obviously ended up winning that title with that Mario Chalmers shot uh, to win it all. That was just, that was, that was one of the best, that was probably the first national title game that I remember. So it just sticks out to me as one of my top five of all time. So I remember watching it on big ass TV. It was just it was a good time. It's a good experience. My number four, 2016, Villanova, North Carolina. You know, common themes, a lot of North Carolina games in here, but that's probably one of the biggest heartbreaks I've ever had. But that was definitely one of the best games I've ever seen. 
Marcus Page's unreal shot, you know, and then obviously Chris Jenkins won it all. Like that was just so, I literally was like the top of the world. I was like, oh my God, we're about to win a national title. And then my hopes and dreams just got literally crushed just a couple seconds later. Just That was just an unreal game. It was an unreal tournament. But that has been number four. Number five, I talked about this one when I was talking about my Cinderella's 2011 UConn Butler. That was a really good fi- That was a really good final matchup. Well, not really because UConn won more. I just remember it for Kemba Walker just kind of taking over. UConn just absolutely dominating most of that tournament. So that just has to be my top five right there. Those are my top five favorite Final Fours that I remember as a child. So if you like other ones, I'm sorry I didn't talk about them. Another thing here, I've decided to just pretty much get rid of one love, one hate as a whole. I don't really run out of things to think about when I love and hate. Obviously, I talk about not wanting to hate on anything anymore because I'm kind of running out of ideas. Kind of ran into the same boat with love, so I'm just kind of getting rid of it because I don't really have anything else to talk about. I mean, I might bring it back here and there, so we'll just kind of see what happens. But Now let's do a little bit of final four talk here. We got San Diego State, FAU. Two unreal games, man. I was absolutely devastated. Kansas State, obviously, my pick to win the national title. They were just kind of forcing the ball too much against FAU. FAU is coming a lot, a lot more simpler, a lot easier for them. As compared to Kansas State, they were just kind of trying to force a lot. I feel like Noel's kind of being a little too flashy at times. Um, obviously, it sucked. I really want to see Kansas State in the final four, but FAU made it. San Diego State, Creighton, kind of a bad break for Creighton, but I do agree that that was a foul. I mean, he literally reached around and grabbed and pulled the guy. So you can't really justify that it wasn't. Um, but this should be a really fun game. I really, FAU is a fun, you know, Cinderella story. But at the end of the day, I just, I love San Diego State, man. The way they play defense, they're so intense. The athleticism, the talent that they have, they're so deep. You know, they rotate in. I swear, like, eight or nine, nine or ten even guys, it seems like they can come in and play some solid minutes for them. And I just think that, you know, both these teams aren't that big size-wise. You know, Black Golden obviously had a big game in the lead eight. But I really... San Diego State took care of Creighton, who had Ryan Kaufender, big guy. You know, Alabama had two or three big guys, and they, they dominated that. So I just really like what San Diego State does defensively. I think that they'll win this game. I think that they'll be playing for a national championship on Monday night. I just don't see it any other way. UConn and Miami should be a good one. Jim Laranega getting Miami to the Final Four after their upset against Texas, which that was an unreal game on um, my stepdad. He is a Texas fan, so I was obviously rooting for Texas in that one. Damn, that it's it was it was crazy. Miami just found a way to keep fighting Texas. You know they went cold. That's that's why I hate that there's so many timeouts in college basketball. You know they have the regular timeouts, they have the TV timeouts, all that stuff. It's just kind of college basketball is just a game of runs, basically. You know, and you see that throughout the tournament. You've seen that. I see that on Saturday and Monday. It's a game of runs. You just gotta be in the moment. You have to be hot, taking as many timeouts as you do. That'll happen. So cool for Miami though. I do like Isaiah Wong. So I, I'm excited to see what they can do. But going up against UConn, you know, UConn obviously has been taking care of business. I mean, they were unreal in non-conference play. You know, they got to the Big East where teams were a little bit more familiar with them. So it kind of, that's where they started losing a lot and dropped their seeding. But they were dominant all year long. We're showing that again. I don't think it's going to change against Miami. I think UConn's destined to win the national title. I mean, if you want to talk about trends and stuff, they're the only team left in the Ken Palm stat of whatever you want to call it. Ken Palm stat of national champions. They, they fall into that category. They're the only team left from the week six top 12 poll. So I feel like destiny is just pointing in UConn's direction. So I would bet heavy on UConn to win on Saturday. And I bet heavy on UConn to win the national championship. 
I do see them playing San Diego State. I do see San Diego State giving them a little bit tougher of a game. But at the same time, I think UConn can take care of business. I think this is just their year again. I mean, they're one of the best programs in college basketball since 1999. They've already won like four. This would be their fifth national championship. So they're definitely an unreal team. Tons of talent. Danny Hurley's a really good coach. So I just think this is UConn tournament. Now to the women's Final Four. Virginia Tech versus LSU. I'm rocking with LSU Tigers. I don't know much about Virginia Tech. I've been watching the LSU girls on the past couple games here. They're looking a little shaky here and there, but I feel like Angel Reese is going to come out and put on a show. Um, you know, a lot of it is, like I said, it's a game of runs. I think LSU's coming in very confident with Kim Mulkey. She's been here before. I mean, she has two national championships. She won one as a player as well. She's proven. She knows what she's doing. I think she has the right team to get the national championship with LSU this year. Then South Carolina, Iowa, that should be a real head banger of the game. Caitlin Clark for Iowa has been on absolute terror, had a triple-double, 40-point triple-double in the Elite Eight game. I think a 30, I think she was the first person to ever do that. Nobody's ever had a 30-point triple-double or a 40-point triple-double, men's or women's in the NCAA tournament. So Iowa is really good. They can really spread the ball around. They're very, very talented as a basketball team. So I'd be very surprised, you know. I'm, I'm interested to they come out. South Carolina has lost the game. Leah Boston, she's been unreal. She's been dominating for South Carolina all year. South Carolina's been dominating pretty much everyone all year. So I do I do think that, you know, Don Staley has a really good team once again this year, led by Boston, especially. I think South Carolina advances, sets up a South Carolina LSU national title. I'm just going to go with the home team here. I'm just rocking the LSU. If LSU can get there, I think they're going to be out for a little bit of revenge after their embarrassing loss to South Carolina earlier this year. So I, I really just would not be surprised if South or sorry, LSU pulled it out. But I was going to say at the same time, South Carolina is a very good, very good basketball team. So I would be very surprised. I'm not, I'd be very surprised if South Carolina didn't win this national championship. I'm just rocking with LSU because I like, I like the team. I like Kim Mulkey. I, I want to see them get it done. But that's today's show. Like I said, I knew it was going to be a little bit shorter. Didn't have too much to talk about. But hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, send to your friends, your family members. You know, anyone that's a South Carolina fan or LSU fan or whatever, you know, UConn fan, San Diego State fan, anyone that's on the Final Four, send to them so you can hear my thoughts. But who knows? But don't forget to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok um, before I get rid of Instagram eventually. Um, I appreciate your love. I appreciate you li listening. Have a blessed day. Your boy Titties is up.